the Why Watch That Movie Talk. Well, we've got a movie talk for you. Two movies coming out on the 16th, <laughs> November. And guess what? We're splitting it right down the middle. The critic got to see one and I got to see one. Hey. And we're going to tell you a little bit about it. First, we're going to start with At Eternity's Gate. Mm. Oh, yes. You may have heard of a tiny little unknown artist named Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> who did some extraordinary things to get the attention of his love, so we think. Mm. Um, But before we even get into that, let's talk about this um, very well-buzzed, you know, the the Oscar buzz is all around this, uh, well-known cast. um, But before we even get into that, let's talk about the director, Julian Schnabel, who also wrote it, along with uh, Louise uh, Kuhlberg and Jean-Claude Carrière. Uh, it has a very familiar cast. William uh, Willem Dafoe plays Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> Rhymes. Uh, Rupert Friend plays his brother or some sort of relative. Yeah, his brother. Oscar, oh, his brother. Oscar Isaac is there. Mads Milkinson, which I don't ever want to be in a you know room with because I just think he's going to start eating and nibbling at my ear. <laughs> Maybe he ate Vincent's ear. <laughs> I'm only saying that because he started Hannibal. <laughs> and other people who will show up here and there. You got a chance to see this critic at uh, the New York Film Festival, I believe. And do tell us if this is something we should run to our theaters to see. Well, the question is, how do you tell the story of the end of Vincent Van Gogh's life circa 1890? Hmm. Do you make him some sort of towering figure? Do you try to be as accurate as possible in the standard biopic sort of way? Or do you simply present him as a man, flaws and all, with a focus on his inner life, weaving together fact and fiction? Ooh. Well, for director Julian Chenovel, who co-wrote the screenplay, as you said, the latter is the right way to go. And to craft this film, he and his fellow screenwriters used Van Gogh's letters, along with what's generally accepted as true about his life, along with hearsay, and completely fictional moments to provide snapshots of who Van Gogh was before his death. So to start the film, we hear Van Gogh, played by predictably spot-on Willem Dafoe, talking without any images on screen. Now just who is he talking to? To us? To somebody else? Hmm. Then we see him ask a woman to pose for a sketch. She doesn't quite understand what he means and seems apprehensive, so he reassures her, or so we think. Okay. We also see him interacting with a shopkeeper who agreed to exhibit his paintings, but the shopkeeper isn't pleased. He says, hey, this exhibition thing was supposed to bring customers in, not keep them out. I mean, only one person has even looked at them. Now, this isn't the last time that Vincent will hear something like that. Then we see Vincent with his brother, Teo, played with kind eyes by Rupert Friend, at a meeting of artists. Now, Teo is the one who supports Vincent financially and otherwise, but Teo does so with absolute patience and understanding. He's Vincent's best friend and the feeling is mutual. All right, so they're seated together at this meeting and then none other than Paul Gauguin, played with just the right amount of intensity by Oscar Isaac, stands up to denounce what's being said and leaves in haste. 
Vincent catches up with Gauguin outside, introduces himself, and Gauguin says that he saw Vincent's paintings at the aforementioned exhibition. Vincent says, so you're the one. (laughs) (laughs) They then develop a friendship during which they paint together and argue about appropriate techniques and the like. However, Gauguin has other ambitions. He says that since he's starting to make a name for himself, he needs to leave the French countryside in order to take the next step. He doesn't like it there anyway. Now this saddens Vincent, who thinks that Paul's leaving him because uh, Paul doesn't like it. Paul says this isn't so, but the damage is done. And it intensifies Vincent's descent into madness, resulting in a certain famous or infamous act. Well. Now from early on in the film, there were suggestions that Vincent wasn't quite right mentally. Just take a look at how he handled a group of school children and their teacher when they interrupted him while he was painting. Now, they weren't the politest of people, but still. Also, because of moments like that and more, he was never a favorite with the locals who want him gone, and the asylums can only do so much for him. And then, just as Vincent finally receives the slightest bit of positive feedback about his work, he meets an abrupt and tragic end. So review time. Okay. Now look, to convey the fragility of Vincent's mental state, Julian Schnabel opts for the handheld camera work. You know that, it makes sense. Some of the shots come from the vantage point of Vincent himself. Others are like what you'd see if you were there with him. And so others are like what you, uh, they're like what would be captured if you hung the camera from your neck and kept it rolling. There are a few wide shots too that capture how Vincent sees nature, which is the foundation of all beauty for him. So the camera work is central to conveying Vincent's deteriorating mental state, which is a nice compliment to the acting because this isn't acting with a capital A. Instead, the actors guided by the director and screenplay simply convey who these people truly are. And as a compliment, the characters say what's on their minds, not what would serve some sort of plot point. So the cast, uh, Willem Dafoe and Oscar Isaac in particular, do a great job of avoiding the temptation to play great figures from history. Instead, they play the actual men. And this is what smart acting is all about, even though many actors seemingly don't know this. Play the immediate conflict in the scene and you'll never go wrong. And that's what they do. Despite that though, uh, excuse me, Willem Dafoe is much older, than a 37-year-old Vincent Van Gogh. (laughs) (laughs) So when Oscar Isaac as Gauguin argues with Defoe as Van Gogh, it feels, it has the feel of a younger man schooling an older one. Now that was an interesting twist, but it's not an accurate one. Gauguin was older than Van Gogh, not younger. Now outside of that though, as is customary for a film from Schnabel, the pacing is slow. There are plenty of shots of Vincent walking through nature, painting and the like. So for many viewers, this will be like watching paint dry, (laughs) especially in the middle, which could have lost some of its contemplative scenes without skipping a beat. However, if you want to see a presentation of the trials and tribs of Van Gogh at the end of his life that features naturalistic acting and contrasts to much busier camera work, this is for you. As long as you have the patience for it, and don't mind reading intermittent subtitles. Oh, now, it's time for us to go to 
man, who knows what kind of movie this is going to be. We're going to find out from the ref. (laughs) (laughs) It is Widows, and you have seen it all over the TV with commercials. You know it's directed by Steve McQueen. He co-wrote it with Gillian Flynn, so you know what you're going to get. And it's based on the ITV TV series from across the pond from the 80s by Linda LaPlante. Huh. It stars Viola Davis. Get ready. (laughs) Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Cynthia Erivo, Colin Farrell, Brian Tyree Henry, Daniel Kaluuya, Jackie Weaver, Carrie Coon, Robert Duvall, and Liam Neeson? John, John Berthold? Oh my gosh. I, I can't even, I think I'm in it and I forgot. You are, I, I saw you. <laughs> so tell us, Ralph. You get killed in the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, look, when are we going to eat our popcorn watching this? At home or in a theater? Well, uh-huh. That's interesting. Now, let's start with the actual plot. You've got uh, Viola Davis's character, whose name is Veronica. She's married to Liam Neeson's character, Harry. Mm. The two of them seem like a lovely couple. They're waking up in bed together. They're fondling and just loving oh. on each other. But intermittently, in the beginning of this movie, we see that Harry's a criminal. <laughs> he robs people for a living. <laughs> he, along with John Bernthal and um, a character and Manuel Garcia Ruffalo's character, and among other people, they rob, do these intricate heights, heights, um, mm. and just are they're very good at it. Except, not this one last time. Something very tragic happens. Widows, which makes them <laughs> makes their women. Widows and the wim- the widows are Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Benecki's character. Um, the three of them, along with Viola Davis, now have no husbands or boyfriends. Hmm. Some of them have kids. Some of them have you know, and along with another woman, we won't mention her name. Hmm. Now, listen, they robbed the wrong people <laughs> <laughs> because Brian Tyree's character Jamal who's running for local office against, <laughs> yes, Colin Farrell. <laughs> he's, he's a gangster, and he's very good at what he does. And his this brother- This is Chicago. Stop yes, it. Yes, it's Chicago. His brother, played by Daniel Kaluuya, he um, says, okay, now hold on. Liam Neeson's character done robbed us, Harry. Uh, we need to go collect our $2 million by any means necessary from his widow, Viola. Veronica. Uh, and it needs to happen, but let's not hurt her because they're known for hurting people. Let's not hurt her. You know, you run it for office. We will just give her five days to give us $2 million. <laughs> wow. Now, what happens as a result of this, um, Liam Neeson's driver gives her a special key that when she unlocks this key into this, you know, hidden safe, she finds a book, and inside the book are intricate details to the next hit that Harry had planned. I mean, he plans it from wake up, put your feet on the floor, <laughs> go brush your teeth. Like, he's that detailed. The only option Veronica has is to pull off this height with the widows and somehow save their lives along with their children and, and everything that they know. So as this is happening, these very inexperienced women sort of prepare for this huge takedown. Now, as I mentioned, 
William, uh, Colin Farrell is running for office. His family, um, the Mulligans, have been in office in Chicago for years. The father, the grandfather, the great-grandfather, and on and on. Mm. Robert Duvall plays Colin Farrell's um, father, and he is trying to pass the torch to his son. Reluctantly, he takes it. Mm. Now, as Jamal and Colin are going head to head, Jamal is checking in ever so often on Viola Davis's character to say, okay, where are we with this this $2 million? I'm just warning you, you's about to die if I don't get my money. Now, you wouldn't imagine what happens. The heist, that the, the, the actual hit job of money that Harry's character planned before he died. Mm. They are going to hit someone very familiar that I already talked about. I'm not going to tell you who. Mm. Very hard getting all their money. Mm. And in the story, it unravels the corruption of politics along with, you know, how do women who typically leaned on their husbands, how did they survive in this criminal world? And then Miss uh, Cynthia's character, who just comes running in, literally. We see uh, it in the commercial. Yes, she's running. She's running like she's Florence Griffin Joyner. She's running like she's in the movie Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> so she runs in. How does all this work? How does this happen? This is a Steve McQueen movie. Is this really a thriller? Is this really a, a you know a criminal uh, thriller that we all like to see? Well, let me review it. Because mm. by the end, you you won't imagine what happens. <laughs> I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Steve McQueen. Yeah, I enjoyed Twelve Years a Slave immensely. I did not, although, see Hunger um, or the other. I saw a little bit of the other movie um, with uh, uh, his the actors he has. I can't say this was his strongest. I know the critics are saying very opposite, but if you are looking at the actors that we just named, mm-hmm. there is a certain expectation that you have with these actors. You give them everything you got. And the fact of the matter is, he did, but at the cost of the plot. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have a movie that's about, that's kind of like an, not an Ocean's 8 or 9 or 10 or 13, how many ever there are, not that kind of Ocean's where it's like, um, it's kitschy, but literally, let's plot this out. How are we going to take down, how are we going to do this criminal activity it really was very slow. Mm. We did a lot of character work and a lot of lamenting and Viola Davis did everything but take off her eyelashes and wigs. (laughs) You know, he's also commenting on modern times. So something happens to someone where there's some police situation happening. There, it's convoluted, a lot of things are happening, but at the end of the day, at the cost of people being a little restless in the theater, if you do decide to see it this weekend, it's not a total loss. Again, you've got great acting. You've got Liam Neeson and Viola Davis smooching. Like, I was like, I need to turn my eyes because I don't know if I need to see all this. <laughs> <laughs> you've got Colin Farrell doing his best Chicago accent, which wasn't that bad, but you can hear a little Irish ever so often creep out. William Duvall is acting like this is his 
eighth run for for an Oscar. He definitely delivers. Um, you've also got Daniel Kluwa. He's just sort of like trying to earn more Oscars. He's a terrible, terrible human being in this movie. Um, but, you know, he does a good job as an actor. At the end of the day, do you have to see this in the theater? I hate to say this. Uh-oh. But at its pace and at and some holes in the writing, I don't think you have to see it in the theater. Mm. It will work just as good at home. In fact, I think even better. Mm. So, if you decide to go see Widows in the theater, just remember, instead of your... Maybe get two things of popcorn so you can keep busy because the movie will not keep you as busy as the popcorn does. Oh, and you know what? I said Chicago is a joke and then that ends up right. So stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, both at Eternity's Gate and Widows will be maybe in a theater near you for at Eternity's Gate, but certainly in a theater near you for Widows on November 16th. If you want popcorn or not, you really got to figure out whether it's a theatrical experience or home couch experience. I won't tell you what it is for me. 